0: Welcome everyone to Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek. Your official, unofficial Star Trek Discovery podcast. My name is Matt and joining me as always is Pete. Hello Pete.
1: Uh, that that's me. That, that's me. Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 110, Despite Yourself. Comes to you now via the Terran Empire holonet
0: and just a bit of fleet news before we arrive this episode pete the good ship uss fantastic geek or is it iss fantastic geek uh has of course ahead of us the runaways finale this tuesday january 9th we will continue podcasting agents of shield friday of this week and indeed most fridays to come and uh pete since we last discussed a new episode of star trek discovery Uh, We've just been busy podcasting Punisher, podcasting Star Wars, podcasting Runaways, and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., two of those aforementioned, and uh, all is well in the fleet.
1: Just your average run-of-the-mill hiatus.
0: And now for our mission briefing.
1: We begin, Matt, with debris. The camera pushes in on a yellow alert on the bridge of the Discovery and this isn't starbase 46
0: it's not we get uh saru saying that these sensors are recalibrating there's the passing line that that the hulls are off but they look like federation signatures that's the first whiff that what we have suspected and what we know having seen the episode uh that that has come true and this is the first little hint that yes we're in the mirror mirror universe but uh uh, Saru also notes that the navigational array is off. The coordinates are correct, but nothing else is right. And uh, his threat ganglia appear just as Tyler comes to the bridge. That, too, Pete, I think some authorial uh, uh, foreshadowing there.
1: Absolutely. Um, and a Vulcan cruiser, Matt, suddenly comes onto the scene here um, that uh saru speculates it was them that destroyed the klingons but they're powering up for a fight
0: yeah it's it, it's a small ship it's a wee thing um ultimately shots get fired but not by the discovery uh they've received help the help is from the ship the cooper which uh it is mentioned in passing amongst uh, our heroes the cooper it was supposed to be undergoing a refit but uh That audio-only message says we're happy to help Discovery. And, Pete, that's also a handy way to not show
1: a brand-new ship. Absolutely. They were smartly, uh, you know, making these decisions. I think there's a very good reason, Matt, that uh, Trek alum Jonathan Frakes, our number one, Matt, was chosen to direct this Mirror Mirror set uh, episode. Yes, this
0: is a this is a Star Trek's Star Trek episode, and uh, so great to see Frakes back at the helm. Uh, particularly somebody who we've had the pleasure of seeing—I know at least once at a convention—and uh, he he actually walked by us in the lobby on his way leaving New Jersey. And uh, I remember I said, "Thanks for everything, Mister Frakes." And Pete, I didn't mean the convention thing that he did, although that was nice. It was for everything the Commander Riker ever did, but. <laughs> Pete, back to this episode. Let's check in with engineering. How's Stamets doing?
1: Not well, Matt. He is down. Uh, He can't get back into the reaction cube. Um, Spore drive is down. Spore drive is down.
0: Uh, The science analysis comes back. The quantum signatures are different. Wait a minute. But things from this universe can't have different quantum signatures. That's because, Lorca says, turning to the camera, big end of the teaser act, this is not our universe. Boom, title card. A little disappointed that the title card is exactly the same as it was for Chapter 1. That was just well, a me thing. Well,
1: hang hang on, though. We Ooh. did not fully know we were in the Mirror Mirror universe yet. That was That was not disclosed. We knew we were elsewhere. I have every hope that next week as they did with enterprise we're going to get an alternate title sequence and as i'm frantically refreshing the button at 7:55 p.m uh eastern standard time uh hopefully we'll we'll find that you know boom right into the title sequence and it it could be glorious
0: well, the title sequence for this episode reveals that the script is by Sean Cochran. Don't know if he's related to Old Zeph and, of course, the episode directed by Jonathan Frakes. Pete, take us to an explanation with the Captain, Burnham, and Saru about parallel universe theory. What?
1: Yeah, been around, says Lorca, since the 20th century uh, it was the 133 jumps, remember those, Matt, that seemed to have filled in the gaps that they needed to get a little bit more. We have Burnham and Saru also in on this discussion in Lorca's ready room over that uh, star chart that he's been keeping with all of the data from Stamets. Um But the the worst part of this, says Burnham, is that they cannot send the Klingon cloaking algorithm to the Federation with where they are. And uh, if they don't do that, the war, which we assumed as of the last episode, was over, would not be over if that doesn't happen.
0: So wait, Pete, you're telling me that gee whiz, those 133 jumps, oops, I guess they gave the ship enough knowledge to do this, says Lorca, who basically should be in like, denim uh a denim overall going what wasn't me as he licks his lollipop (laughs) i I guess stamets is just overloaded i don't know how it happened let's let's not really ask about how this is quite a weirdo coincidence saru let's keep our minds on on uh how about this scanning the wreckage because norca is a good boy
1: yeah uh he does admit to having pushed stamets too hard But then we wind up in um, Sick Bay where Stamets is uh, saying some strange things, talking about it's a palace, stay close, something that resonates later in the episode with the disclosure of an emperor, Matt.
0: Uh Uh-oh, Pete. Since last we spoke, Star Trek, there's been another space franchise that there was an emperor and there was another guy and people are really upset that their theories didn't come true so let's just stick with star trek pete tilly is talking tech with stamets she's trying to annoy him to elicit a response you know to share something familiar um we have stamets all of a sudden out of the blue talking about the palace don't enter the palace um and, and he even he smacks culber uh and and that's when he's brought back to his bed the field is put up and uh we are told that there's this high degree of neural degeneration
1: yeah more of a throw with uh with stamets we later find out that his adrenals are spiking uh giving him this this strength um but that this should not have been kept a secret we're disclosing all of this uh and with Lorca in here who culver refers to as the devil he explains the alternating catatonia and strange speech patterns, those spiking adrenals, as I referred to before. Um, he doesn't know, Culber does, if Paul Stamets will ever be the same. And Lorca uh, rightfully tells uh, Dr. Colver here that uh, he knows he blames him for this, Um and he does. But fortunately now, Matt, the responsibility of the patient falls to Dr. Culber, doesn't it? Well,
0: though Lorca has been a little oopsie doopsie with maybe pushing Stamets a little too far again here, he's all shucks contrite. Um, he's going to take the case away from Culver because Culver is too close to it. References made in passing to, uh, to the relationship between Culber and Stamets, um, I appreciate that Lorca lets Culber frankly act disrespectful to the captain here. Uh lets him kind of get it out and he says, Okay, uh, yep, I should have done things better. You have your orders, you're off the case. Um and I know Pete, you know, when we uh did episode 109, I was much more team Lorca than I think I am now upon further reflection, but I appreciate here how he's giving one of his doctors, the ability for the doctor to say what he has to say. All right, you said it. Let's move on. And indeed, Pete, let's move on to a, to a work bee out in space.
1: Yes, we have Tyler here uh, piloting it. He's detecting a uh, Klingon central data core that he's out there to get a hold of intact. And Burnham is directing him to this uh seems that the Klingons knew quite a bit about this universe, so getting their hands on that is going to be key. A crash course, Burnham refers to it as. And then the post-traumatic stress kicks in. Uh, we see that uh, Tyler has um, an attachment to his right hand there, and, and the shaking of it uh, doesn't work out well along with the Uh, imagining of uh, bodies or they're actually being Vulcan and Andorian uh, bodies, which strikes people as odd being on a Klingon ship and they don't seem to have been prisoners.
0: We, we see that the bridge sees that he is not maintaining course uh, and Burnham sweeps that under the rug. You know, there are no life signs Uh, Lieutenant proceed on your main mission. Um, I, I think a bit of a message there, perhaps, Somewhat clear to us, I suspect in future episodes it will, it will be very clear to Burnham that when someone needs help on the inside, you got to get them that help, not sweep it under the rug. Um, great scene here as he uses the hand guided laser to uh to get the Klingon uh the, the Klingon device out of the wreckage here. I like that hologram tool interface. Um And uh, the scene wraps up with Lorca wanting to be sure that he can count on Burnham, which is Mm -hmm. ironic because I think, Pete, this is an episode, amongst other things, that's about us not being able to count on Tyler.
1: And again, the theme of uh, professionalism, he wants to be able to rely on his crew, especially here, these dangerous waters. And she uh, affirms to him that he can. We go to Matt the Brig, but what I'm calling... Lorel Cell.
0: Ooh, that's good. Pete, we have to tweet that. Hashtag Lorel Cell. Well, listen,
1: Ta- I, I I would uh, be remiss if I didn't bring up at this point, Matt, uh, the uh, Alcatraz podcast under a previous name by Fantastic Geek. Uh, six years ago now, believe it or not, wow. on, coming up coming up on six years ago where our podcast uh was listened to by the producers and they had an alternate just real quick about the show they had uh people from the past showing up in the present from Alcatraz prison guards and um and uh prisoners and they would place them it was a procedural they would place them at the end of the episode if they caught them in uh, a redressed Alcatraz, which we called, I called, I coined Nucatraz. <laughs> Nucatraz, yep. Which became the the phrase in the writer's room because of somebody listening to the podcast. And then later we were we were very fortunate to get the uh, two showrunners, uh, Stephen Lillian and, and Brian Winbrandt, on the show for an interview along with Johnny Coyne. Um, who played the warden there. So uh, Laurel Sell, Aaron Harberts, uh, Gretchen Berg, get on it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit of experience now with the screenwriting. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, well, here we are in the Laurel Sell, Pete, and I just want to point out that Discovery is able to get away with some things because it takes place earlier than most of the other shows. Every other Star Trek has guy whose job it is to sit at the a brig desk and go bleep bloop and not do too much uh they don't have that guy on this ship and i dare say the crew is worse for it because had that guy been there this scene would not have happened this is all tongue-in-cheek of course you're mm-hmm. not gonna have a guy sitting there if you want to have tyler and laurel confront things i could care less whether the jail cells are being constantly watched or not um but Laurel says, you know what we did? We did it together. Pete, she even implicitly suggests consent on his part, which uh, clearly is meant to intentionally take the wind out of the sails a bit from the the very apropos discussion for episode 109 involving uh, non-consent in sexual situations. Yeah, uh, And he notes that he has memories that he can't place and setting aside the, the, the very uh, timely consent debate for, uh, for another discussion, Pete, things are quickly starting to fall into place that she's saying, Mm -hmm. Hey, you were in on all this fun. And he's saying, there's stuff I don't remember remembering, but I don't know how they fit into the guy I am. And then Pete, he lowers the field. What's next?
1: Well, I, I did want to point out she talked about his, his appetites and we were still playing with that, that sexual metaphor, you know, doing it together. But the the references you made to the procedures, to the surgeries, and she calls him sweet Tyler, open the cell, which he does with the, with the offer that I'll tell you everything, and uh, grabs um, her by the neck there. Uh, even though she'd given a line there so much more familiar, she sniffs him and then starts this prayer, which I thought was so excellently done in terms of this reveal. Who do we seek? And he right into the Klingon in the voice of Vak, Kedash.
0: And it, I like that they reveal towards the end of it that it's a prayer. In the mm-hmm. beginning, I mean, certainly not just us as Marvel guys, but it reads as, you know, Manchurian candidate kind of pro, program words, deprogram what or whatever stuff, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: and that it's not working correctly, that the prayer should have made him remember there's something wrong.
0: He even says that he has another name and seems to be someone else. I know that we had said during chapter one, look the show is saying maybe he is maybe he isn't but they can't float they they can't float the possibility of him being vok and then take it away because we're not going to trust them again the next time they say ooh maybe maybe this person is dead or maybe whatever it might be I mean quickly anybody who's out there opposing the Tyler is vok theory that the walls are tumbling down on that one um, He's indeed, Pete, he's asked to say his other name and he won't. That's when he puts her back into the cell or backs her into the cell, turns on the field, and she says he'll be back to end the act.
1: Act two, Matt, begins with Tyler and his chocolate milk.
0: Oh, Pete, how interesting. I thought maybe it was coffee. Regardless, Burnham approaches him, offers him an isic for his thoughts. That's an old school Vulcan reference. You you wouldn't really get it if you didn't know. It's non-origins. She sits down and he admits to flashes of memory, indeed, kind of gaining new memories. Burnham urges urges him to tell the captain. Uh, but he does not want to go into ptsd protocol which comes with a mandatory timeout furthermore he can't get help because they're obviously in this alternate universe by themselves so he's going to manage it he's got it he wants to handle it and of course pete this is not what someone who is in emotional distress needs they don't need the space to sink into their own problem on their own by themselves
1: yeah and he wants her to trust him that what happened on the klingon ship was a one-off um that he wants the opportunity to try to handle this if he can't he's gonna tell her um and you know taking starfleet Uh, At his word here, she goes along with it. It's then that Tilly pages Burnham to engineering and he has a flash quickly after she's left and uh, awakens to see that the glass is broken. And he spilled his chocolate milk, but there's not a lot of crying over it.
0: In engineering, Tilly has opened the Klingon data core, but that's weird. It has Vulcan parts. Hey, are they somehow like allied those two along with the, uh, the Andorians, you know, are they somehow against the humans? And that's Pete when the heart starts to beat and uh, a little time goes by. And as soon as there was the the sword <laughs> through the earth. yes Yes, we're there we we they did it they did it we are in
1: the mirror universe and you can go back and listen we were thinking and and you know i don't want to hear that this was predictable because and and i'm not going to get into the to the idea of, of theories like you mentioned before with star wars and the uproar there but there's there's two ways to go you can You know blaze a a new path something that hasn't been done before with these beloved uh, science fiction fantasy franchises or you can do the familiar and and look at it in, in new ways. And they're doing that here because initially I'm seeing the planet and it's very clearly Earth with the continents. You can see Africa and and Asia and Europe above it. And I see the sword, but the sword above it, it's a little different. And I'm wondering, are we in a parallel of the mirror universe? We seem to actually be in the mirror, mirror universe. So I I think this is where we want to be, Matt. I, I really believe that particularly since the Mirror
0: Universe stories across across Star Trek, minus uh, Next Generation that never went there, they are all really, really beloved. There's a reason that Deep Space Nine went there once a season for like five seasons or something like that, because they're just, they're fun. They're what you get with an alternate universe, where you get everything is different, everything is the same. Heck, even as a production, And I don't know that this story was was born out of a desire to... To save production costs, but you get that too, because you put different outfits on, or you put fake goatees on, or you change a U to an I, and everything is old, is new again, but it still is old. And here we are, Pete, with the Terran Empire, which just in case you thought Star Trek wasn't doing enough commentary, what makes them so bad? They are oppressive, xenophobic, and racist. Oh my message received
1: human only. Okay, Matt, are you saying that a production that films in Canada has something to say?
0: <laughs> uh, I think that a production, <laughs> I think that a production written in California by, you know, uh, a multicultural uh, spread of people of uh, various, uh, y- you know, genders, orientations, etc. They they may have some thoughts about fascist, oppressive, xenophobic, racist cultures, and um, Pete. Get ready for this. The rebels an alliance of rebels. They're fighting for equality,
1: Mm -hmm. but they're distrustful of humans as well. They should be given this Terran empire. Um, So many of these vessels exist like the Cooper in their universe and this universe. And Tyler asks the question, which I think is very important given who asks it. So we could literally meet another version of ourselves of which self in an episode called Despite Yourself.
0: And that's the fun of the Mirror episodes, yeah. right? You get to see how they're very, very different. Um, I know, Pete, Next Generation never did one. My memory is failing me. Voy- did Voyager
1: do any of them? I don't believe Voyager to have done Mirror, Mirror. I'm pretty sure they did things similar. I do not believe they went to the Mirror, Mirror universe. It's, it's been a little bit since I've, I've been back hardcore on Voyager. I've, I've watched them all. I've done the Trek Mitzvah. I've, I did them all in order. As Matt can attest, uh, when we first met, <laughs> I was finishing up. Um, but I do not off the top of my head, Matt, remember if they I, – i memory serves, they did not.
0: Uh, I could tell you a quick search of the ever trusting memory alpha. Side note, Pete. Was there ever a time where you could only rely on the Star Trek Encyclopedia? Um, they they did an alternate universe episode that took place in fluidic space, not in the Mirror Universe. Deep space okay. Nine did. Yes, so five so episodes. I was right. I yeah, was right. you were right. Um, and then obviously Enterprise did two, which yes. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. Because guess what, Pete? Enterprise did two and a half. Once you include this episode, that uh, you know, in, in a in an indirect way to say um but yeah i think full on what we're going to see other versions of ourselves that's that's the good old everybody at home hear that that's what we're doing get ready for fun
1: well I, and particularly with his character i think it opens several avenues at this point in the episode we did not yet know he was vok he has not been named as vok he's vok and could he run into his klingon self here that (laughs) pete let's
0: save that for our theory segment um science analysis suggests by the way that the other there is first of all they have confirmation there is another discovery but it seems to have vanished just as just as our discovery arrived which ties back to something that you absolutely noticed in episode 109 and i didn't fully process until subsequent reviews over the break uh, which is to say when in episode 109 our discovery makes the fateful jump. There's a horizontal blurring where mm-hmm. momentarily there's, there's, there's two. two ships. Yeah. yeah. So you get that. I mean, there it is. And there's our understanding um, or, or one bit of understanding on how the writer's room work that works that we have reference a number of episodes back to Captain Tilly. We have the two ships there for a moment. Now we have kind of confirmation here. There's some other writerly things like that that we'll get to in a little bit in a very sad scene. But first, Pete... Hailing frequencies open. Wait, we can't open them yet.
1: Yeah, Burnham belays the audio only um that uh, Lorca can't go over because he is not the captain. Who is? And on the view screen, Matt, I had to pause it and just look at it in its glory. Here we have Sylvia Tilly with the the blonde. I couldn't tell if they had just truly just straightened the hair or if this was a blonde wig, but whatever it was, uh, on Mary Wiseman, it was working and it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great. And as I said, just moments ago, then there's that, that click of, Oh, captain Tilly, we, you know, we've had some breadcrumbs for this already. Um, Tilly kind of sits in the captain's chair, nervous. There's all this pressure, you know, somebody has to answer the hail. Somebody has to answer the hail. Uh, uh, The Cooper's getting ready to, you know, fire on us because we're not responding and all that. Point is nice nice pressure there to keep things moving.
1: Um, And then she answers, what the heck, heck, hell? Hold your horses. And (laughs) Captain Sponenman on the other end there. And she was indisposed. They had mechanical issues. And uh, Lorca's going to talk. And I particularly enjoyed the identity he affected.
0: Indeed, he's he was playing the role of chief engineer, but he has to disguise his voice, so he he uses a Scottish accent. That's right, he's the Scottish Star Trek chief engineer. Um, again, for all the tightness in this episode in terms of drama and you know the, the Vox stuff becoming uh, more present. And the pressure on everyone and and tension in the air. This is also an episode that's about having fun, having fun with Star Trek. And we get the Scotty without naming it as Scotty. And it's it's just wonderful. There was a wee bit of trouble, but we'll be on our way soon. Long live the Empire.
1: Yeah. And to come out of that scene um, with the concept here that they need to be fully prepared that in order to successfully crash the party as lorca says log style they need to look like they belong we see the montage there they're handing out the badges with the insignia on them particularly enjoyed burnham dressing uh tilly up and giving her her nicknames uh, and her backstory here, she stabbed her her previous superior in bed. He was recovering. It wasn't sexual. I thought at first it was uh, he was recovering from this Crestian flu. Uh, so that I think is a is an important detail because so much of the mirror universe in the past, everything is, you know, I'm going to seduce you and and then kill you. Um But we have the nicknames here, the the Slayer of Sorna Prime, the uh, Witch of Werner Minor, and then perhaps the best, Matt, Captain Killy. Despite Saru's uh, rejection, uh, it it doesn't need to be clever. It's just great.
0: It is. It's wonderful. May I also just add, I really like... Tilly's outfit. Let's leave it at that. We see the disco accoutrements getting swapped out, not just the badges, the logos on the blinky blink screens. Everyone gets a Terran Empire badge. Uh, everyone looks fantastic. Um, the transformation, again, it's just fun as we head into the act break.
1: Even goes out. on outside the ship, Matt, those worker bees changing the registry. Of the ship from USS to ISS. This was really, really exceptionally executed.
0: I feel like this is an episode despite the fact that it's it's coming on the heels of a whole bunch of other story. And it's, you know, we're in the middle of the season and it's a serial season and whatnot. It's because of these bits of fun. I feel like you could sit down a Star Trek fan who's reluctant about Discovery, who hasn't seen Discovery... I think that the time loop episode is perhaps the best standalone. It also was fully standalone. You could sit them down and watch this and say, "You're not sure if this show respects Star Trek, how it's managing 21st century TV aesthetics and a slightly darker look and all of that." Well, watch this, and you realize that it's the bright that that bright Technicolor world of classic Trek is brought back here, and it's it's simultaneously the prequel and the future of Star Trek all in one, and it. it It just works. It just works.
1: Act three begins here with uh, Lorca and Burnham having a scene in the ready room. Uh, He wants to know, you know, are we going to get civilian garb here now? Like, what what are we in this Terran empire? And uh, she's gotten the files, Matt, albeit hard to get. Um, She is presumed dead and uh, Lorca is wanted for her murder. The intelligence is fragmented um, and uh, classified, but they both had immense prestige over here. Um, She was the captain of the Shenzhou. He still had the Baran, and uh, his crew is no longer alive, so that remains consistent. He attempted a coup against this faceless emperor, Matt. Now, one thing it's necessary for you to know, and listeners may know, and if you've not watched Enterprise, you know, put your fingers in your ears for a second. We have a previous Emperor from the Enterprise. I doubt from, it's going from the to Enterprise show. Way. Yes.
0: Yes. And I, I know, in the Deep Space Nine mirror universe uh, episodes, there was. Um there was reference to an emperor as well, presumably all different.
1: That I don't, you know, you're, you're watching one in order, you're watching another. And I had watched, you know, both when they ran. So it's hard without, you know, hitting up memory alpha and and doing a deep dive. However, when we talk theories, I I think it's, it's something that could definitely have a through line. Um, hold on one second. The last
0: mirror universe episode, the emperor's new cloak, Directed by LeVar Burton, Star Trek actor. The one after that, this one directed by Freaks. I mean, come on.
1: Come on. It's too perfect. Absolutely. Um, But uh, uh, Burnham was sent to stop Lorca with his coup here. Uh, In the process, her shuttle was damaged. Um, So the Emperor, as a result, laid waste to the Baran in retaliation. Um, and now they're going to take advantage of these circumstances.
0: There's also a potential way home in the data. And I will admit Pete, this next story bit, I am, I am uh, much, I'm least versed in Star Trek enterprise compared to the other shows. I appreciate the speed with which they went through this because it just kind of sounded like what? Okay. And I didn't even realize that this was multiple episodes converging here but but we're told that the uss defiant the old one the constitution class that it's here in this time there's this timey-wimey thing going on and uh pete i must confess i had to look it up after the episode the notion that the defiant as referenced in the folian web classic trek that story bit was then repurposed mm-hmm. for enterprise and it's uh in a mirror darkly two episodes and and, and pulling that you know the defiant pulled into the past and the alternate universe, all of that delivered effortlessly here. And that's the key to maybe getting out of here.
1: Yeah. It's a lot to take in initially here. Um, In the future, Defiant will encounter an anomaly and bring, uh them to this universe's past that's how it can be there and we see at least on the computer screen the defiant constitution class so remains to be seen whether that's even going to happen on the show doesn't need to happen they've taken care of their history relax as far as the canon everybody put your canon cannons down
0: (laughs) well i think it's i mean now that I mean, I mean the fact that it's a deep reference mm-hmm. to uh, what is considered to be the one of the best, if not the best, episodes uh, of Enterprise. And Irony of Irony is also, uh, in a mirror darkly, part two was when they found out Enterprise was being canceled. Uh, so this whole notion of the end of Star Trek, Star Trek has returned. I mean, to me, this is waves and waves and waves of, Welcome home Trekkies, you know,
1: Um, they clearly care about what they're doing and not violating in terms of what's gone on before. It's checked that Defiant did not have a spore drive, so they found another way over there. They're going to need to board the ISS Shenzhou posing as their Terran selves, which Saru says is a calamity.
0: Indeed, the notion of Captain Burnham taking Prisoner Lorca to get the info. It'll be easy. Get in, get out. Keep that in mind when the, the Senjo warps away towards the end of the episode. Uh, and then adding to it, Pete, Calamity on top of Calamity, good old stable Tyler is going to be the captain's personal guard. Uh, again, just, I mean, we the audience screaming, no, no, this is all headed, you know, h- headed in a bad place. But... With that Pete let's take a deep breath Tyler wants to make sure he's okay he's gonna go to sick bay take us through this just scene of no consequence nothing to worry about
1: yeah and I I like what this uh, scene addresses too is the idea that when he came over he was given a full set of scans so there were people saying oh he just came on here and they didn't check him out he was absolutely checked out but they didn't find anything with those they did random memory sampling the manchurian test matt <laughs> they've seen uh, that movie too right right uh you know definitely the um the sinatra one not the not the uh was a denzel in the in the remake yeah that, it wasn't yeah. bad but it's it's not the sinatra one okay bo- bottom You're
0: line for- bottom line though is this um while on the one hand we can say all right they're not being they're not being super nuanced with tons of secrets that we need to do screen caps. This isn't you know, like lost style X-file style stuff where they mention Captain Tilly like six episodes ago and now there's a Captain Tilly. Okay, fine. And I'm not being critical. I'm saying, fine, they're not hiding these things in the deepest darkest corners of of the show. Here's the flip side. The show also trusts us enough to not take us through now we're going to scan him and it's going to go green light, green light, green light. Then we're going to do a montage of him talking to ship's counselor and, and them checking off more green lights. Like they're just going to keep things moving. Okay. Mm-hmm. A, in part because in previous episodes they didn't want to call attention to how he might be out of out of uh, alignment in, in, in some degree. So we're not going to show how he is to spur the debate and all that. But it's also just... Yeah, guys, you know, when somebody comes back from being captured, they're going to get screened and it's going to be a serious screen. So we don't need to show it. We need to reference it until the story requires.
1: But the idea here now that they're going to run a deeper set of scans, Matt. So there's what you run when somebody comes back. And then if you suspect something worse, you go for these deeper scans. So it, it's it's taken care of, um, though he thinks Colber does that. Maybe uh, prior to this mission, that some rest might be in order for Tyler more than anything else. Stamets then it demands he stay out of the palace, and um, it's a really touching scene here between Doctor Colber and uh, Lieutenant Stamets that he's not going anywhere. That he's right by his side. That it's going to be okay. He kisses him on the lips, and. If, if this is the end of it, this is a great scene to share between the two of them. Um, his eyes come back, Stamets do, and he says that the enemy is there. Be careful before we go back to Tilly and Burnham. Indeed.
0: Captain Tilly in her ready room, some quotation marks there. She's all decked out. She's got the wig too. Um,
1: her mother however- would definitely approve. Can I, Can I just say, can we get the mother in the mirror universe could that be the first time we meet tilly's mom
0: uh i'll do you one better pete could we do some stunt casting and get like one of the one of the great ladies of star trek a la majel barrett as the walks on a troy you know can we get I don't, I don't care who it is can we grab one of those ladies to come on in and be like oh man pete everybody likes gates mcfadden who did choreography oh, for the muppets great And now she's playing stone cold awful mirror mirror tilly mom that would be
1: tremendous it's not as if we don't have a a next-gen connection here now oh let's let's get on that uh it could be be another thing we can make happen here gates mcfadden for uh mama tilly Tilly. Uh, but the uh the whole thing here with her her outfit and everything else it's it's a facade which burnham points out that their strength is the constant fear of the knife, that it's a painted rust, that, uh, that it's the faith that the crew has in you that's going to make this work. And I love when Lorca comes into the room here. He's got the leather coat on. and uh, That means he's the, bad. Right? And, he's bad, and want, bad news. He is. And the line that uh, Tilly says, which I can't, repeat because we don't swear on the uh discovery podcast by a fantastic geek but uh it's it's not too much says Lorca
0: not here indeed let's not keep those you know what's is waiting mm-hmm. um we then on the bridge we have Captain Tilly calling the Senjo who's on the other end it's Captain Connor which Pete that's the young in the tide way back when and I remember even before that way back when episode two, when it was announced that this, that this fresh faced guy was one of the, the wintertime castings probably about a year ago. And you, there's the whole, you know, the thing on Twitter where it's like his picture beams in. Oh, cool. This is like the, the new ensign and whatnot. Um, and then he got killed off after probably being in about four scenes. And most of the scenes were like, boop, boop, captain, uh, we're being hailed. Like it was complete telephone operator kind of stuff i love that they're able to go back and get him and um there he's the captain until he has something to show him um and just before showtime lorca smashes his head into the door luckily it wasn't by the sensor otherwise the door would open and the whole thing would have been messed (laughs) up um but props to lorca for for the the courage of his conviction to slam his head into the wall multiple times in order to hurt himself to cut himself
1: Yeah. And Burnham's former ops officer here in Connor, who the minute I saw him, I'm like, oh, that guy, that guy, no. And then it's helpful. This is where the exposition, you know, to the viewer is important, uh, explaining that he was the ops officer, that he died in the Battle of the Binary Stars. And then to be brought out here and Tilly explaining that in the asteroid belts of uh, Porathia, they found this disabled shuttle and here's your captain. Uh, so not exactly what Captain Connor wanted to see.
0: Uh, he also doesn't want to go get her. He'd rather them come to him. But Tilly chastises him and really quick, really quickly. It's the Shenzu on the way. Um then pete back we go to sickbay uh culber is revealing there's tissue scarring everywhere it's not just torture it was bone crushing literally Mm -hmm. they changed his bones pete here's the scene where all the theories are definitely coming into play here um maybe a new personality could have been built on top of the original personality so it's not a rewrite but it's a it's an overlay as he said which i don't know much about psychology but as soon as he said overlay the new personality on top of the old personality you go yep i understand that story message received but Um, it
1: works in the context you know oh from my torture right yeah he was a tortured prisoner so the scar tissue was consistent with what they believed to be his condition um but if uh, Culber's reading the, uh, cronjo blast cell scans correctly. They really messed him up. They, uh, opened his limbs. They appear to have shortened his radius, his femurs, his spinal cord. Uh, and while they confirm no personality hidden, like you said before, it appears something could have been overlaid. They transformed him. Uh, but he needs to, to go with the group. Uh, he needs to, uh, help out here and Culber's not going to allow it and crack.
0: I have not been so shocked in these 10 episodes as I was when Tyler breaks Colbert's neck, something, at least from a story perspective, there's no coming back from now you, you add onto it the fact that, you know, people seem to immediately not know about it and, Uh, tyler spends the next 5 10 15 minutes of of story time or shall we say ship time you know slowly making his way out all that jazz like if you want to say oh in the future of the federation they can undo that after a couple of minutes okay sure more than that has gone by the show makes it very clear that there's no coming back from this pete at least this culber more on that later Mm -hmm. um and and we get the the, the little sad uh, epilogue here, at least sad epilogue to Colber Stamets repeating the enemy is here to end the act.
1: Act four begins with the ISS Shenzhou approaching. Uh, and as um, Lorca is placed into binders there, they're going to bring him over um, in the transporter room. We're going to send uh, Burnham Lorca and the personal guard there. Hey, where where was he? What took you so long, buddy?
0: I love the little stutter step verbally oh. that he gives. Um, first, he says he's not sure why he's late, which comes off as this big red flag. And then he says, "You know, oh, there's no excuse. Sorry, sir." You know, it's it's he kind of takes it as, "Oh, I was being a lazy a lazy duck." Um, clearly, they're in for a surprise. <laughs> the you know i guess saru who's now in charge but they're all in for a big surprise once these people leave um there's a nice speech from Lorca, reminding the three that they have to do what they have to do in order to be proper terrans to anyone and i think the he's more talking about yeah.
1: the decency over here is a weakness
0: and it's that he's pointing one finger at uh burnham but as they said all those years ago, it's three fingers pointing back at him. And certainly we see that at the end of the episode when they get there. Uh, Pete, can I mention I love the beam effect in which they don't move, but the settings do.
1: Yeah, was a particularly well done thing. I don't know if we can credit Freaks on that, but uh, feels directorial. Uh, may have been on the page, however. Uh, And the salute there that they imitate when they receive it Um, and immediately Burnham affecting this persona that she's not going to allow the most valuable bounty in the galaxy to uh, go missing or get claimed by somebody else that uh, she's saving severed head of Lorca for her own glory and I love that as she's walking him to the brig all the officers avert their glance from her so clearly over there she is someone to be feared
0: and uh, of course they're headed to the brig and this brig has agonizer booths aplenty uh there used to be a fun website that talked about awful tv and movies uh that was called the agonizer booth Um, i don't know if it still exists (laughs) it basically was mst3k but a blog Um, okay and it was like 25 25 typed pages on batman and robin so agonizer booth indeed but i digress um they're gonna throw him in there and she says absolutely not and it's kind of this record scratch moment at least for us the audience record scratch kids was a never mind um She's concerned someone may overdo it. Someone may kill him. Um, You know, again, someone might mess up to take her glory. Tyler gets tasked with setting things up properly. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to learn what that is later. And uh, instead, Connor has the honor of escorting Burnham to her ready room.
1: And the backstory here, while we've not seen a lot of him, there's a familiarity. We recognize him. She's got this. Uh, backstory with him and he explains with the exposition here that uh, he almost didn't make it to captain, but the emperor saw something in him. I think that's a pretty big hint that um, the the, uh, the crew bowed after he won, but not deeply enough like with Burnham. But they need to fear him and he thinks he knows how he pulls the knife there. It's a great fight in a confined space in that turbo lift particularly love when uh they they uh deaden the gravity there for a second um and the knife they struggle over it and then she gets him right to the gut
0: looks like she's supposed to kill him one way or another in two universes pete that's when you know that's when you know (laughs) destiny is out to get you there Ah, uh, the lift door opens. Lift doors open, and he falls dead out of it. Uh, we have Detmer, who's been personing the chair. She's got two good eyes, and the entire bridge crew applauds the return of Captain Burnham. You really feel that it's a genuine thing. Um,
1: Slow clap. Come that's... on. <laughs>
0: Long live the Empire as uh, we get an exterior shot as the Shenzhou enters warp, Pete. That's not quite the get in and get out that uh, Captain Lorca discussed earlier.
1: And I'm looking at my timer and I'm like, is is this it? Is this the end of the episode? It felt so like the end of the episode. And I think indeed on network TV, if I can even say that anymore, on broadcast, that would have been the, the final act. And then we would have gone to this extended tag scene where Burnham returns to her quarters. She gasps after she's taken her, her, uh, you know, uh, gold, uh, you know, ornamental top off and, uh, it's Tyler turns out the access codes are the same here as they are in discovery. So I think that's important detail going forward. Uh, has she gotten the def- the files about the defiant? No chance yet. the The crew is sidling up to her. They're currying favor. She doesn't want to arouse suspicion just yet. And he's heard about Connor. So all of this really organically, Matt, works into their situation. Kudos on a really, really tightly wound story. We get
0: Tyler at his most heartfelt. He says, whatever this place makes you do, however they change, he's there to protect her. And uh, Pete, we understand the irony more than she does. Um, Pete, I'm okay with people having uh, consensual huggy kissy time anytime they want. I kind of felt like the pressure of what's going on here, where they're living under a constant threat of death, that maybe was not the time for huggy kissy, but they huggy kissy nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and uh, I love the line uh, out of her that uh, she's saying it back as they get together there. And then one last trip to the brig to close the episode to show you that not everybody's settling into the Shenzhou well. Uh, Lorca in the agonizer screaming. Pete,
0: we have a threat analysis coming in. Where should it start?
1: Let's begin with the Vulcan rebels that fire on the Discovery mat, finding out that Vulcans, Andorians, Klingons, that all non-humans in this Mirror Mirror universe, which we've been to before, but for these characters – They've, they've aligned is a really interesting aspect after what's gone on with the Klingon War. And uh, that other versions of themselves could exist. So Lorel, Vok, we could bring back Cole. Maybe even Matt, we can get to Kovma, Matt. It's just a wonderful way to explore, you know, the Klingons in particular. Uh, they've trashed the Andorians early on this show. We've not seen any Andorians yet. I want Mirror, Mirror, Universe, Harry Mudd to be completely the same.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say to be this sweet guy. Yeah, no, be it's funny. gonna be
1: completely the same.
0: That would that's that's even better. And if he shows up, that's that's what they need to do. Um, yeah, part of the beauty of this is that we get. Vulcans as bad guys, but kind of as good guys in this whole, this whole topsy-turvy world. And Pete, of course, that, that brings us to Connor back again, at least briefly, uh, also showing up on our threat analysis.
1: We barely knew him when he died in the Battle of the Binary Stars, and we feel that intimate scene between he and uh, Burnham before he's sucked out of the brig. Um, Having bumped his head on the bridge because of the mutiny that she began. And now to flip this around and have him attempt to get rid of her uh, via mutiny in this mirror mirror universe. It's just an excellent way to, you know, come back to that idea
0: and as noted before i love the irony that she plays a role in his death in in two universes i mean granted it's not the mirror burnham that does it but it's like michael burnham is fated to kill (laughs) to kill poor connor wherever he might pop up across the multiverse and uh and, and the irony is delicious Which, Pete, reminds me that it is also delicious that we continue to be listener supported by our friends on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. So glad that in this universe, which has yet to still get rid of the Gold Press Latinum, that we have uh, a couple of bars coming our way from people who love Fantastic Geek.
1: We last podcast in November. Since then, the the bill for the year came and uh, happy holidays. But um, Fantastic Geek had a had a banner year in 2017. We're picking up right where we left off in 2018. We could not possibly do this without our patrons. Um, so thank you again. Please visit uh, Patreon p a t r e o n dot com slash fantastic geek with a P H all one word. Uh, there are perks to choose from every, uh, contributor gets exclusive podcast content, and we will even take your suggestions for perks. So, uh, thank you again.
0: Pete, let's take a look on the long range sensors to see what theories might be ahead.
1: Quite a few, Matt. Let's deal with the most pressing, the Valk- Tyler thing and While we don't have Valk is Tyler I think we've pretty much Put that to rest right or is Lorca uh, Valk
0: <laughs> I mean fair is fair the show is not going for the big punch in the gut that you didn't see coming or maybe maybe that crazy guy who does screen caps he he finally painted over his uh lost blast door map with the the intricate Vaucus tyler theory and and you know you're not sure if you can believe it like they're slowly backing into this into a theory that i think that they made intentionally um, a theory you could track. I was going to say predictable, but Pete, that's pejorative. And as we, if you learned anything from Dr. Colbert, Colber, if you're too pejorative, bad things can happen. Um, from the last time we saw Vok as Vok, you know, what do you need to change about yourself? Change everything. Yeah, it, it, it's, how about this? Tyler is uh, Vok in everything but name. And and it's a coming. It's, I would bet that within the next two episodes, uh, they have to, Address that and take it to phase two, whatever that might be. Uh, also deep deep star trek reference there
1: We've had uh, our preview episode where we talked about some of the things we were uh, hoping to dig into and um, You know that we even had the the voice here with the prayer that he's responding uh seemingly just from his consciousness or a subconscious, I should say, I think is a, is a pretty big nod to that. Well, let's talk about some of the mirror mirror stuff, Matt. There's reference early on in this episode to a palace. There's a faceless emperor. Hmm. Uh, you know, throw it out there, Matt, do we know the identity? Will we meet the emperor in this current mirror mirror universe?
0: I'm going to say no. We don't know the identity because yes, we will will meet the emperor, and it is a perfect opportunity for stunt casting as big as you can go. I'm in mm. part inspired by having read the *In a Mirror, Darkly*. Uh, some of the behind the scenes stuff for that, the Enterprise episode that uh, brought the Defiant, the Constitution class Defiant, and all of that, where the initial point, the initial jumping off point, was to get William Shatner to play. Uh, a character who was related to kirk so i think i think that's a story that gets bandied about the halls of uh, star trek and and in star trek memory and i'm not predicting shatner but i'm saying i think that they're like who's going to be the emperor great who can we call where does where does the top start what how much is it to get a shatner to get a patrick stewart to get a Kate Mulgrew, how much is it? Like whatever the top of your personal mountain is, I think they're starting there and they're working their way down. I don't think I don't think they're going to go for. Oh, and Captain Kirk actually escaped the ribbon, and now this is the real Captain Kirk who is the Emperor. No, we already did that. It's called the JJ verse, and that's we like the movies, and some people don't. I think it's just going to be the big stunt casting of. Oh my goodness, Pete! They got Patrick Stewart to play evil Emperor marbrom and (laughs) it's the stunt casting it's not and he's actually picard's nephews nieces mamaw second child i
1: don't dislike any of that but given who becomes the emperor or shall i say the empress in uh enterprise i think they've pretty much lined this up matt And uh, I'm going to predict right now that uh, Empress Georgiou will be glimpsed at some point this season. Ooh. They did call him a him though. I didn't hear uh, a pronoun.
0: I, I, well, you know what? That's something that, that we can go back and check. I know my notes. I believe my notes were quoting dialogue, but it's not in quotes, but Pete, that's, bottom line is it's a theory for us all to keep an eye on let's stick with the mirror mirror stuff i cannot tell you how disappointed i was to see culber in my mind unequivocally die at least prime universe culber do we get the character and the do we get the actor to return as his mirror self does he somehow join our our good ship and and therefore stay on the show uh, I know that it is just a recurring role and it wasn't a fully cast role, even though it, spelt, it felt like he was part of you know the cast. Right. Uh, um, do we get him back or is it, hey, they brought him on and we loved him and now he's gone and it's always going to hurt?
1: We've never had him name checked as the chief medical officer, even though it's bandied in this episode that he's the most qualified doctor. I think part of that was the, the personal knowledge of um, Lieutenant Stamets but what a great thing it would be to find colber in this universe as a sympathizer to the alien rebels and to wind up on discovery to wind up coming back to refall in love with stamets i think that could be really really well done and i'm i'm really rooting for that story
0: i'm totally with you on board i'm just fully Fully thinking, you know, if they wanted him to be a full-time character or a long-term character, they could have cast him as that. We had three episodes where they're paying Shazad Latif to be in the credits. And, okay, maybe bad bad example. I'm realizing. You know, but my, my point being, he's not. Let's stick with Shazad the Teeth then, or even even Jason Isaacs for that matter. He's paid for the first two episodes, but does not appear in them. Stuff like that. So if they wanted him, they could have gotten him. And I I worry this might be the end, and that makes me sad. Pete, let's move on. Will we see the Constitution class USS Defiant? Therefore, meaning. That we get to see a classic Trek ship design. Are our heroes going to go on it? Because it is, of course, the chronologically later design, which puts us boom right back in classic Trek. Do they walk onto that bridge?
1: Ooh, it's push a, buttons, it's beep, ooh, beep. Really tough question. And they they did go on to it on uh, Enterprise. I'm I'm gonna have to say yes. I I don't think you you tease us the image. And, and don't make it real. Um, so, yeah, I, I would really look forward to that coming. Um, and the Mirror, uh, uh, Mirror Universe just presents so many opportunities. You know, we had all the, the run-up with the preview, you know, and, and the screen grabs of Lorca pushing in the sequence and then overriding the last one. Um, if, if the Define is there, he now knows the Define is there is he from this universe was he trying to get to this universe somehow for the defiant for seemingly advanced tech what about uh mirror lorca wh- wh- which lorca is our prime lorca anyway
0: well a couple of thoughts first is just to stick with the defiant portion of the discussion for a moment i know that the show has seen, has long since wrapped filming but somewhere since the show aired late late uh, november maybe early december there definitely were crew members of the show so behind the scenes crew uh who went to uh to ticonderoga new york where there's the uh the authentic reproduction of the uh the bridge and of uh, the enterprise bridge and of other sets portions of which actually appear in that uh star trek enterprise episode i think like the navigational console uh or the twisty thing in between Sulu and Chekhov uh, they used the one from that set maybe they were there taking pictures maybe they were there doing a 3D scan maybe we're going to get a big twist at the end of this chapter which is they walk out onto that quote unquote set but it's an effect shot et cetera et cetera I'm going to say Pete for sure Z we get to the defiant we get to that bridge we get to that classic Trek you know chill moment and and it's a lot to it's, it's a lot to look forward to As for Lorca, uh, Pete, explain what you mean. Do you think that we have in the Prime Universe a mirror Lorca?
1: I think it's certainly a possibility. Uh, The eye thing didn't come up in this episode, but I'm interested to see if that becomes a a thing uh, going forward as far as identifying him one universe or the other. Like, wait a minute, this Lorca has a sensitivity with his eyes. Ours didn't or vice versa. I don't know. There, there seems too much knowledge on his part of this universe kind of playing along with it, that he's learning like everybody else. I mean, come on. Uh, Gabriel Lorca is at a different speed than everyone else in this episode. And the dude willingly goes into this agonizer and is in it at the end of the episode. So, uh, I'm really interested to see where we take his story. One last one out of me, Matt. Um, and it didn't dawn on me until as I'm re-watching this episode. But, uh, you know, to hear that the rebels are, you know, all non-humans, and then who do you have in charge? You have the number one, you have the first officer, and Saru setting everything up, but can't appear on the view screens. I'm really hoping we get, uh, mirror Saru in a leadership position with the uh, with the rebels, or maybe cowering someplace, thrust into the action with his his threat ganglia. But uh, I, I have to imagine that's on the table.
0: I mean, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Part of the fun of doing these parallel universe episodes is to be able to see everybody. Uh, and, and to see their different, uh, their different permutations. So, so time will certainly tell on that. And Pete, I guess to wrap up the, um, the mirror stuff here, will we find out what happened to the mirror? I guess we could probably say to the ISS discovery when it jumped into the, the, the prime universe, do we get any of that? Or is that just a tale, a tale not told for, for whatever story reasons?
1: I think it's a thread, and we're so invested in what's gone on here. I mean, could we get back? I mean, who knows how long this arc is going to be now, Matt? Is this going to be the remaining five episodes? Is this going to go into season two? Will they still be there? Four seasons later, will we still be in here? I mean, it would certainly explain why a lot of these stories have never been told of, of this ship and everything that went on, or do they get back and... You know, the ISS Discovery took out all the Klingons. Good job, guys. And then you got shifted back to the Mirror Mirror universe. And there's the Enterprise. Roll on season two.
0: With that, let's go to hailing frequencies.
1: Hailing frequencies
0: open, sir. Pete, let's start with uh, news from Aaron Harberts. What? What? Uh, a couple hours ago, I'd asked him on Twitter, and this was something I know we discussed in the podcast, mm-hmm. It stuck with me ever since. Why is it that in the chapter one finale, episode 109, we have Admiral Terrell on the video screen and not the hologram. I even said, hey, maybe it was a pickup shot. That still kind of remains my theory, but Harbert's responded to Fantastic Geek, said we wanted to be able to use both types of communication, hologram and view screen, for flexibility. Personally, I prefer the hologram. Um which that works for me because just from a production point of view, regardless whether this was a pickup shot or whatever, um, the view screen is much, much easier if you need to act on the fly. So honored to have heard there from uh, Mr. Harberts.
1: Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent that that can be believed and I'm okay with that. And, and, I, do I trust our, uh, co-show runner? I absolutely do. Um, and, and listen, he was super gracious to take time out of his schedule while they're, you know, moving through the, the writing process of season two to answer that question. Um, but yeah, I, I think there, there are arguments to be made that, uh, there, there was something else going on.
0: Pete, let's now talk a poll that we ran. Uh, we had said, um, what are you most looking forward to in Chapter 2? When you take us through the answers?
1: Yeah, so we ran a poll on uh, Fantastic Geek. Uh, Happy Star Trek Discovery Day. Discovery, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, records immediately after tonight's episode. In the meantime, what are you most looking forward to for Chapter 2? And the poll responses were answers, action, characters, or cameos. And with 41 votes, Matt, 54% of the vote went to answers, 32% to characters, 10% to action, and 4% to cameos. I dare say we did get answers. We did have a couple of responses, though, to that poll as well, didn't we?
0: Yes, the first uh, response was from Atverse Trek. Uh, who says, for the whole chapter, I'm looking forward to some answers. Is Ash actually old Kirk from The Future in Disguise? What happened to Cole's boots? But for this week, I'm looking forward to meeting again with characters I'm just getting to know. A wonderful sentiment.
1: Fred Petrich, who's at Petrified underscore Fred, uh, our friend Fred from the Netherlands, he said, fantastic geeks recording immediately after tonight's episode will result in no listener feedback, perhaps only from what he calls live tweets. I think he means live tweets. Uh, The episode will be on Netflix in Europe on Monday. I'll save my listener feedback till next podcast. Greets, Fred.
0: Indeed. Sometimes in our time stream, we got to act while the the getting is good. But um, it did cross my mind, Pete, with with the at Star Trek CBS account being – so out in front of of what went on tonight, indeed saying tonight on After Trek, Aaron Harberts talks about the death of, you know, spoiler free or something like that. Like there there is the rest of the world that watches this on Monday. But Pete, the discussion as the adventure shall continue. Uh, We had one more response from at Big Nick MTFC who says all of the above. And I think that's certainly the right attitude to have there. Uh, some other feedback from people, Pete, our pal at Tansahsa, said uh, that this episode more than made up for the so-so mid-season cliffhanger. Uh, I, would, I would disagree that it was uh, so-so, but certainly glad to see that, uh, see that he enjoyed this episode. And I uh, have to mention as well, Pete, our pal Bob Keeley at R. Keeley said, what a great episode. Loved it.
1: Yeah, it was a great episode. I would disagree as well with the the previous uh comment about a you know, so so uh break there. I think the the one before that was a little bit weaker, except for the very end, and I think they made the right choice in, in where to break uh the hiatus. But uh it's it's in the past now. We're moving forward in the mirror mirror universe and it's a great place to be and
0: so is this universe pete uh we got a uh, recommendation from uh justin oser who's at trek fan 4747 he himself a podcaster he co-hosts uh the uh the earl gray podcast and does some stuff for trek fm and uh, he mentioned us as uh as one of the star trek discovery podcasts to listen to so Infinite diversity, infinite combinations and uh, some uh, appreciation coming from another Star Trek podcaster. So perhaps, uh, you know, the the best praise coming from somebody who suffers the slings and arrows of uh, of the microphone, just like we do.
1: (laughs) It's always so wonderful to be acknowledged by listeners, um, but it really does help when your peers recognize you. So thank you. Pete, if people
0: want to share their feedback on this episode once they've seen it in the U.S., in Europe, in the future, how can people be in touch with you?
1: You can find me on Twitter at Peter, K e t e l a a 9739 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole variety of ways in this universe or any other visit fantasticgeek.com email fantastic at gmail.com check us out on twitter and instagram where we are fantastic geek as well but wait pete there's more
1: facebook.com forward slash fantastic geek with the ph
0: all one word like it today for those listening on the discovery feed we will be back next sunday to talk more discovery if you're listening on the pop culture podcast feed the adventure continues quicker we got runaways on tuesday shield on friday then of course back for discovery a wild time pete a fun time two of our three shows or podcasting are in space once runaways wraps up we're just going to be exclusively in space we have the <laughs> podcast in some sort of uh, weightless environment here with that i will say kapla to all our listeners and give you the
1: final word long live the empire